0: Hey there, future parents. Are you on the journey to conceive and looking for support and guidance along the way? Conceivable Psychotherapy is your trusted partner from conception through parenthood. Veronica Cardona, licensed clinical social worker at Conceivable Psychotherapy specializes in fertility, perinatal postpartum struggles, and grief and loss. They offer online therapy throughout California. You don't have to do this alone. Conceivable Psychotherapy is here for you. Visit their website, conceivablepsychotherapy.com, or call them at 1-661-529-7207. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of the Telewellness Hub Podcast. I'm Marta Hamilton, your host, and I really want to have a meaningful conversation about topics that shape our lives and look at health and wellness from a perspective of everyday practical. Um, input So I, today I really want to delve into a subject that I think remains in the shadows, even with all our advances in, in technology and in medicine, we still do not have that much awareness about ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in women. So did you know that women often face unique challenges when it comes to ADHD diagnosis? It's not uncommon for women to receive their ADHD diagnosis later in life, and in some cases, they may be misdiagnosed altogether. Recent studies show that girls are less likely than boys to be identified as having ADHD during childhood, which leads to a delayed recognition in adulthood. Women are diagnosed with ADHD on average of five to seven years later than their male counterparts. Women are commonly misdiagnosed as having bipolar disorder, anxiety, or depression instead of ADHD. That doesn't mean that people can't also be diagnosed with other disorders like ADHD and anxiety or ADHD and depression, but the fact is there are a lot of mis diagnoses that happen before they get up the accurate ADHD diagnosis. I've done a lot of testing and evaluation for ADHD. Unfortunately, there's not like a clear blood work or biomarker to identify ADHD right now. When it comes to testing, it's really a, a matter of presentation of symptoms over the course of someone's life and based on what people report. And, I can't tell you how many times I've had women who are already late in their careers as executives or in the military or in, in other careers or already are mothers. And they the, the the look of relief when they finally receive the diagnosis after testing or just sometimes the emotional response of everything making sense I can't tell you how many times I've had that experience, and I realized I really wanted to bring to to light this this occurrence for women and the challenges that they face when they don't have the correct diagnosis, and therefore, if you don't have the correct diagnosis, you might not be getting the right support through counseling or coaching or even medication. So in today's episode, I, I wanted to share a little bit about some Some just kind of the journey of being diagnosed, and some things to look out for that you might not expect are ADHD in women, but could point to the possibility of being ADHD. And something I want to mention is you may hear me constantly saying ADHD for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and not ADD because ADD, attention deficit disorder, was a term that used to be used, but it is no longer utilized. Everything now medically, when getting diagnosed, falls under ADHD, and there's three subtypes. Predominantly hyperactive, impulsive type, so that's kind of what you think stereotypically is someone who has a lot of hyperactivity. That's one subtype. Another is predominantly inattentive type, and that's someone who has a hard time concentrating, so kind of replacing that ADD, if you will, diagnosis. And then the third is combined type, and that would be for someone who presents with both the impulsivity, the hyperactivity, and the inattentive and difficulty concentrating. So, contrary to stereotypes, ADHD in girls during childhood doesn't always manifest as hyperactivity, and more often for girls, it presents as inattention, so daydreaming or difficulty focusing, and this. A typical presentation of ADHD, like outside of what we normally would think of, can lead to girls being overlooked because it's that traditional hyperactive symptoms that are more commonly associated with boys and are more visually seen, typically by teachers who bring up concerns or um, what they're noticing to parents. And therefore, girls with ADHD are more likely to display internal symptoms. And it's less noticeable than the external hyperactivity. And that's why it can get overlooked. And these girls with ADHD transition into adulthood. And as a woman, the challenges associated with ADHD continue. And in fact women have a really high mental load. And so sometimes women start having experiencing, just feeling totally overwhelmed in adulthood, especially if they have ADHD, they're having a high mental load of now even more, more energy to focus, to organize and to manage their time. And so the difficulties in this um, may become overwhelming And it's crucial to recognize that ADHD also comes with some surprising um, symptoms. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I know we can sit there and say like, okay, well, we have a hard time concentrating okay that's the main that's the main symptoms but the common signs just some signs and again this is not medical advice so just take this with with an understanding that it's to kind of gain some insight and if it strikes in you some question of like wait a minute i feel this it is a good indicator um and i'm going to encourage you to go talk to a therapist they do not judge they can help put the pieces together of maybe things you're experiencing now and maybe you experienced in childhood and that you experience in multiple settings. That's something that's important with ADHD. It doesn't just happen only at home or only at work. It's You realize that these signs of ADHD persist in the brain and therefore are present in many uh, settings and environments. But some signs are things like difficulty, the focusing and concentrating. Disorganization, forgetfulness, maybe overspending, a lot of paper clutter, a hard time making decisions, problems listening. And there are many reasons why someone might have those symptoms, but it's it's something to to look at because you know, being able to pay attention to details, stay organized, listen, remember things and focus are really crucial. I can tell you as a mom, and I have been diagnosed myself with ADHD as an adult prior to being a mom. But I remember when I received the diagnosis, how it made everything make sense. I was not hyperactive, maybe a little bit, but not enough that it was a distraction or a problem in the classroom. I had good grades. Mine was very internal. And what happens is as a mom and in business, it takes a lot of work to to pay special energy and to apply all my coping skills to focus, to pay attention to details, to stay organized, to listen and remember things. Typically some of the things that you may see in 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 women who have ADHD you might see that you know typically what comes up is women will share Gosh, I just wish I were a better friend. I wish I were a better mom. I'm like the hot mess mom. I'm the hot mess friend. I'm the hot mess partner. Like maybe you wish you could remember birthdays or could be the person that like bakes the cookies and you remember that it's, you know, you need to arrive on time for something. And just because you're not able to do these things, um, people might. Think you don't care and you might put a lot of pressure on yourself. That's some one way in which ADHD can impact life. Same with social. Like maybe it's really hard now to navigate things like, you know, responding to text messages. Maybe you get overwhelmed, overstimulated by a lot of noise and distraction at parties or have a hard time focusing and concentrating on what people are saying even when they're talking directly to you even oversharing is a symptom that can happen um particularly for women with ADHD and then kind of having that regret like oh man why did i say that you know that's that's something that might point A therapist or psychiatrist into the direction to consider, okay, like this, is this part of a one symptom of a puzzle piece of ADHD with work? It can feel like being at an office is so overwhelming, maybe because of the noise and the people, right? A lot of opportunities for even losing concentration or distractibility, people popping into your office. Um, you may, may actually want to come in early or stay late because it's a a time when everyone's left and it's quiet and it's easier to concentrate and focus. If your desk is way disorganized and clutter and it's hard to, as as hard as you try to keep it tidy um, and it only is able to stay that way for like maybe a day or two, that's, that's an indicator also. So yeah, that daily life, like maybe your purse is full of paper, just drowning in paper clutter, or your car, or you don't feel organized with money, or you're behind with bills because of forgetfulness, or you overspend, um, or you just feel disorganized, like you you might feel embarrassed to have guests visit your home, uh, or you have just overwhelmed by indecision, like grocery stores can be hard. You find it hard to make decisions about what to buy, or you forget an ingredient and you get home, you realize you forgot it, or you can't find your keys in the morning. And so, you know, you're running late for or drop off, um, can't find your keys, can't find your phone. I speak that one from experience. This is, um, I have to have a system. Systems are so important um, when it comes to ADHD. Those are just some of the symptoms uh, that might be surprising for some that are indicators of ADHD. And it comes up a lot more with women because of the unique challenges that happen when becoming a mom, or even if you don't have children, just challenges that come up in the workplace or social life. And some of the things that someone might share in therapy that a therapist could say, you know what, this might point to something more. The the good thing when it comes to ADHD is that it also comes with unique strengths. So such as creativity, resilience, even sometimes hyper-focus. So basically, we've, they've done a lot of research that a high number of entrepreneurs actually meet criteria for ADHD. And some of the reasons that may be is because there's, there's five positive key strengths that research has identified specifically with ADHD in women. And that's creativity, resilience, hyperfocus, intuition, and empathy. So strength number one, ADHD often sparks creativity. Women with ADHD have been shown to possess a unique ability to think outside the box, fostering creativity in so many aspects of their lives. Strength number two, resilience. It's a hallmark of the women with ADHD. Overcoming challenges and adapting to different situations can basically become second nature because of having to do that, to having to adapt so much in childhood to the demands of, of classroom and social, social environments with having an unidentified ADHD. So this leads to incredible resilience. Strength number three, hyper-focus. It's a superpower of ADHD. When women with ADHD find something they're passionate about, they can exhibit intense focus and productivity. Strength number four that is research-backed is intuition. So it's actually been shown to be heightened in women with ADHD. So the ability to pick up on subtle cues and connections can lead to insightful and intuitive decision-making. There are some caveats to all these, which we can dive into in a little bit. But strength number five is empathy. So empathy usually shines in women with ADHD. The unique experiences that people with ADHD can have can like really foster a deep understanding and empathy towards others who are also facing challenges. So there's a lot of surprising facets for ADHD in women. And there's also a lot of positive strengths worth exploring. So My hope is by by sharing this information, that if you think some of these things are kind of like striking a chord in me, it's worth exploring with a professional. I definitely suggest that step one is to talk to somebody because everyone's symptoms will present differently in terms of how often they present themselves, how intense they may present themselves. Everyone's challenges are unique. And a therapist will, will individualize their care for you to meet you where you are. And our brain is an organ, just like our lungs. And sometimes even though we may have a desire, you know, I have a daughter with asthma and You know, her, her lungs are amazing and strong, but sometimes in certain environments, we have to modify what she's, what she does and how she does it and even give her medication and have her use her inhaler so she can breathe. And it would be cruel to tell my daughter, just come on, just focus, take a deep breath. Your lungs work, right? Like just use, use your lungs. It's the same thing with ADHD. It would be cruel to say to yourself or to someone you know that and love that may have ADHD, you know what, just come on, just focus, just concentrate, use your brain. It would be cruel. Fortunately, we have the technology now that we can actually measure what is going on in the brains of someone with ADHD. And what we do know is that ADHD affects the frontal lobe, the part of the brain that basically is behind behind your, your forehead. And it just works differently in people with ADHD. And that area is, is in charge of controlling a lot of different things, such as language, such as management of, of time, uh, being able to think about our consequences to things, our ability to pay attention, our judgment, our impulse controls, and it just works a little bit differently with someone with ADHD. So and instead of feeling like, wow, like I, I'm just, what's wrong with me, just know that there are there are some challenges, but there are strengths, and working with a professional can really help you see how how you can really hone in on some coping skills to help support you. And if you need, also there's medication that helps that front activate that frontal lobe and those skills as well. And I also want to bring up for for those with uh, women with ADHD. There's something that isn't really talked about it's something called rejection sensitive dysphoria and studies show that you're more likely to have this if you have ADHD it it doesn't have an official set of symptoms and it's not a formal medical diagnosis quite yet but doctors and therapists use this term when they see that there's people who have an exaggerated reaction to the perceived rejection or criticism so if you're someone who has a serious fear of rejection and this tends to happen more with women it may actually point to the potential of ADHD so just another surprising fact there it's unclear how why it's linked with ADHD or how it's linked it's also hard to measure rejection right but they think that people with ADHD are more likely to show symptoms of RSD due to that differences in the brain structure so this is like extreme pain that's difficult to control dysphoria is the is the greek word that translates to intense feelings of pain or discomfort, the opposite of euphoria. And so for some reason, um, some people might interpret, you know, even unclear conversations as a form of rejection or being teased or as criticism. If, If you have a really sensitive child like that, a young girl who also might be showing some of these other symptoms, or if you yourself find yourself Sometimes having overwhelming feelings of like confusion or failure or betrayal or pain or sadness and and it's difficult to regulate your emotions and control them quickly it might point to ADHD and you don't have to suffer unnecessarily and and it's worth again I am biased but I will always say you are worth seeking support in the case that your life could be easier ultimately you know that's what clinicians are here to bring health and wellness and to help you feel in a place of of thriving they're dedicated to that so if some of this may have struck a chord with you and you feel like wow this might be affecting me at work or this might be affecting me in my relationship I see how this is having a profound effect or on that or my parenting. Like I just get overstimulated. I can't keep on top, on top of schedules. I'm having a hard time feeling like rejective. I feel so hurt. Um, it's, it's worth finding help, but, one, one thing I can, I can suggest is having open communication. If if you have a partner have open communication, fostering open communication creates understanding and support to be able to implement different strategies, like, like time management and an organization that works for you. Time management is huge to help make those daily tasks a little less overwhelming. And You know, we have amazing technology now that can help us from, you know, calendars on our phone. We have different apps. There's research that shows, though, that like going old school with some sticky notes and a pad and paper works really well when it comes to helping to organize ADHD. But there's also the use of things like Alexa. You can ask uh, I'm Alexa to remind you about things to set up routines. I can't tell you how often that has been really helpful for me as I as I kind of try to help navigate my own time management and keeping track of everything. You know, especially during that busy time when you're cooking dinner and kids are working on homework and you got places to go. And it's really helpful to be curious about different strategies and tools that can help you. The key is to not ever. Get down on yourself and feel like you have to download. Maybe don't get impulsive, which was one of the symptoms of ADHD, and feel like you have to download all the apps. I know there are a lot of helpful ones, from Trello board to Asana, and you don't have to download all the apps and then feel bad that maybe you you overspent on apps and you kept up with it for a day or two but didn't work. It's okay to give yourself some grace. In fact, I always will encourage that um, with my clients and to. Be curious about what might work best for you. There also, you know, I think being able to lean into your strengths is really helpful because as we talked about that empathy, that intuition, that hyper-focus, resilience, and creativity, when you have guidance on how to turn that towards yourself and to help yourself feel empowered, it is an incredible feeling to experience, helping facilitate that with clients. And, you know, I really hope anyone who feels like they're struggling or knows someone who's struggling can encourage them to get help because it's an amazing thing. And it's such an honor to get to bear witness to seeing clients' lives being transformed. So, you know, it's, as we conclude this this episode, um, I wanted to do this little intro episode on ADHD and women. It's it's very near and dear to me uh, personally and professionally. I love the research on it. I I love the neuroscience about it. I love the behavioral aspect of it. I think it's important to implement changes in our schools. Recognizing um, ADHD is very prevalent; it affects millions of people in the in the United States alone. Um, it can occur up to uh, approximately six percent of adults, and I I think it's important that we understand both the challenges and the strengths associated with ADHD, so that we can contribute to a more inclusive and supportive community. So I do have plans this year. You'll want to stay tuned because I'm going to have some guests that specialize in this on the tele wellness hub podcast, uh, talking about ADHD and women. So in the meantime, thank you for joining us today, uh, for the tele wellness hub podcast. Stay tuned for more insight. Be sure to subscribe and share. And until next time, take care and be well.